Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, as you are probably aware. And this is the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubiculist podcast, and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubiculist, the titular one, no less. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I say it every show. I do believe I have, that is, because the potential for spoilers is large. And I want to take care of you. That is one of my many, many jobs. Mm. Another job is to say that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. As that are, uh, that, that are, hmm, burp as well. Yes, of course. Let's not forget that. Those are things that help uh, podcasts. So why not do them? I can't think of a reason other than it's a bit of a pain in the ass. But other than that, please do so. I think uh, that leaves all said that should be said at the top of this particular podcast, so I will push this button and we will start. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Stephen Hawking Brand Universes. Thank you to that for sponsoring this, which I'm going to talk about three, or at the very least two, movies. Uh, The first being uh, The Theory of Everything, which is one of those sort of, I think you could probably classify it as Oscar bait. Sure, yeah. Uh, That's not why I wanted to see it. The reason I wanted to see it is because it's about Stephen Hawking, and I'm interested about him. Uh, I have read, or as much as anyone can, attempted to read uh, his book. And (laughs) uh, that guy, man, that guy. Uh, Let me read the IMDB page, as I tend to be doing these post-episode 300s. Uh, movie monologues because it seems to make a sort of sense and if I'm anything it's sort of sense making mm-hmm. case in point uh, the relationship between the famous physicist Stephen Hawking and his wife that's probably the shortest I'm that I have read definitely on this podcast anyways and maybe in life as well mm. <clears throat> yeah so it's basically just a biography of Stephen Hawking uh If you know anything of Stephen Hawking, it's probably a few things. One, that he's super smart, and uh, B, he is in a wheelchair because he has uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. 
Um, what is the technical medical, I forget what it is, term for Lou Gehrig's disease. Anyways, uh, he's basically confined to a wheelchair, can't move, can't even speak. Um, sort of trapped in his body, I think is a, is a way you can look at it. And this whole movie had me thinking, uh, if this had not happened to him, would he be sort of exuding this mind-blowing intelligence and shaping the world with his thoughts if he had been just sort of a regular Joe Blow smart guy <laughs> who could walk and talk and wasn't, again, for lack of a better term, trapped in his brain as much as he is. So, I don't know. He He's done a lot of good for humanity just pushing us forward scientifically. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Is there the, the wish that... He was able to lead a normal life, but then the potential that that normal life would mean we wouldn't have all these amazing uh, scientific thoughts pouring forth from this brain? Hmm. Something to think about. Uh, the movie. Yes, the movie. Uh, it was okay. I think rating-wise, probably this will fit under a good Sunday flick, so probably four on a Sunday. Maybe three, as high as three and a half on any other day. Just kind of, I, I think it was one of those ones where they were trying to make you emotional and that trying came across and I don't like the thought of them trying to make me emotional. It should just happen naturally. Um, that being said, there were a few moments where I almost did tear up. I didn't actually. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just me and my sort of love of the science and the sciencey stuff, but those moments were more often when he was having his sort of breakthroughs in the, the realm of science as opposed to things in his personal life. So I don't know what that says about me. I would recommend this movie. Oh, I forgot to, I watched it with the missus. I forgot to ask what she thought. I, I don't think she was blown away by it either. She'd probably give it like a two. Again, her scale is broken, so don't take too much sort of credence for that. Moving on. Movie the second called Journey to the West. Or the original title. And let me see if I can butcher this. Ziyu Zhang Mo Pian. Probably butchered that pretty, pretty, pretty good. Let me read the IMDb for this one. Tang Zhang, a Buddhist trying to protect a village from three demons... His emerging f feelings for Miss Duan, the demon hunter who helps him repeatedly, and Sazang's transformative encounter with the Monkey King. See, <laughs> I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but that was very, very not good huh? English. <laughs> and I just read it as it was there. Maybe that original description was in a different language and they translated it to English not 100% well. Anyways, that has nothing to do with the movie itself. The movie itself is very, very good. Yeah, I'm going to give it more time, even though we're out of time. Uh, before I even start talking, let me just let you know here right off the bat, I'm going to give it 5 out of 5. Very much like this. Uh, also sort of reminiscent in the vein of uh, Kung Fu Hustle. It had that sort of feel. Just a crazy... Was it Chinese or Japanese? I don't actually know. Hmm. Anyways, 
crazy Asian kung fu mystical fighty movie thing. And I loved it so, so very much. Highly, highly recommend. Um, subtitles, which meant, as I've mentioned before, uh, quite often what I'll do is uh, be playing a video game while watching a movie. Obviously, can't do that too well when there are subtitles that you have to constantly constantly be reading. Uh, so that's the downside. On the bright side, uh, it meant that you're paying a lot that you, and by that I mean me, was paying uh, much more attention to the actual movie itself, so maybe that's why I got pulled in more than I would have otherwise. Um, basically, it's a guy who is good, uh, battling evil in not very uh, proficient ways. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. So will uh, will good conquer evil despite good being not too <laughs> uh, proficient at the fighting of evil. Yeah, yeah. How about that for somewhat making of sense? Mm-hmm, sure. If you liked Kung Fu Hustle, uh, you will like this. How about, how about that for a ringing endorsement as well? Please watch Journey to the West. There was a guy with a giant foot. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Sons of Anarchy Throat Gravel School of Acting. Thank you to that thing for sponsoring this Television Talk, in which we are talking of television, of course, specifically the television program Sons of Anarchy, which the missus and I have finished watching. Yay, that fact. Um, I am sort of... Split down the middle a fair amount on my thoughts of Sons of Anarchy. Uh, how about I go ahead and throw out my rating? I think I could f- safely go a fairly solid 3 out of 5, which, you hopefully know, means that I enjoyed while watching but probably wouldn't watch again. Now, it slid into 2 and maybe even some 1 out of 5 moments, and it probably jumped up to some 4 and maybe even 5 out of 5 moments, but overall, as a television program, as a whole, that's what I'm going to give it. A 3 out of 5 for a kind of middle-ish, slightly better than middle-ish even, of the road show. Uh, what I've done here for myself, it looks like I've written down some pros and cons. Hmm, interesting. Um, pro, solid 3 out of 5. <laughs> okay, well, we went over that. Uh, pro, uh, some unexpected twist. That is one thing I will say. There was... Uh, and again, if you're a regular listener, you know that I give high marks for watching something, uh, be it movie, TV, whatever, and then something happens that I wasn't expecting. Because quite often that does not happen, and I can tell exactly where something is headed. So uh, in this show, there was some twists and turns that I really did not see coming, uh, and I appreciate that. So uh, so I give it marks for that. Um, this has a range of good acting to horrible acting. <laughs> Yeah, you could say that again. Um, and that's sort of straddling the pros and the cons, I guess. Uh, there's some very good actors and just some really, really poor, horrible, unbelievable, ridiculous acting going on on this show. 
Uh, last pro I have here is Ladies Love It. So uh, if you want to watch a show with your significant other, who is a lady, uh, they will presumably like it. So it's not always easy to find something that you would both like. And uh, this one, because of the uh, scantily clad biker dudes, you know, ladies are going to like it. And maybe you'll uh, reap the rewards of that liking of it. <clears throat> Okay, cons. Uh, ladies love it. <laughs> uh, it's got a definite uh, soap opera feel. Yeah, it's, it's as if they took a soap opera and then sort of uh, painted it with a, a dusting of uh, mean and violent bikers to give it a, at least the potential to be enjoyed by the not-soap-opera-liking uh, populace. Uh, homoeroticism, I have written here. <laughs> Uh, I highly, highly, highly doubt that bikers or any gang-related men of any sort or non-gang-related men who hang out of any sort, well, maybe not any sort, uh, tell each other they love each other as much as these guys do. Uh, they're always loving each other, hugging each other, putting their hand. That That's some of the weirder ones, like putting their hands on their their faces as if put to go in for a kiss. It's just very, very strange. And that happens more and more often you go into the series. So, <laughs> bit of a con. Bit of a con, because I it takes me out of the believability, which uh, is another con. Believability. Uh, this show does not have that. I do not believe that Probably nine-tenths of what happened in the show would ever happen in a real everyday life. Uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, what I think they could have done to fix this to some degree, which I've mentioned this plenty, plenty of times in the past on shows that I do find believable, or the acting believable, and that is throw in more humor. Uh, there was the odd joke, but it was very odd, few and far between, and I find that sort of would much, 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 much more help the show to have the odd uh, laugh to balance off the, the super, super cheesiness and the unbelievability of how these characters are acting towards one another. Uh, speaking of cheesiness, I've written down here cheese times a million. Uh, the main character, Jackson Teller, is constantly sort of writing in his uh, journal, which again, I don't think there's too many... Uh, hard biker dudes who have journals and write their feelings in it and get sort of poetic about it. Ah, but who am I to say? Maybe they're out there. It just it takes me out of the, the story and I just laugh at it. Uh, and the worst part of the show that I don't think I've ever seen a show do as poorly is car chases. <laughs> a show about bikers you think would have their car chasing, or I guess rather bike chasing, maybe a little... Like, I don't need that in a show. I'd rather not have it at all than have it done as just sort of ridiculous and and poorly and under the top. Yeah. Underwhelming bike chases. Yeah. Uh, b before I wrap up, uh, I just want to say that's just about right now. So, what time is it? 15.30. Try to remember that. 15.45. 15 minutes and 45 seconds into this thing. Uh, you're going to hear an edit point. 16 minutes. Uh, and then uh, the missus is going to join us. And 
talk a little bit why she finds the show to be uh, a number one. It might not be her favorite show. That's probably Golden Girls. But she loves this show. Guaranteed 5 out of 5 coming from her. And we're going to find out why right now. Editing. Okay, we're here with Emily, and we're going to talk about Sons of Anarchy. As I promised moments ago, from your perspective, it was seconds. For me, it was yesterday. We're like in a time warp. Time warp. Okay, so um, you're going to sort of a little bit tell us why you think Sons of Anarchy is your second favorite show. In a few words, and then I have a little game we could play. Okay. It's just really good. Okay, let's play the game. <laughs> Why now, do you like it? Give I think me... it's good because it has a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, that's what I said in my sort of little spiel of why I liked it. And maybe you didn't like it so much uh, that it had things probably more for ladies than it does for guys. I could probably maybe agree with that. You could probably maybe agree with that. Like buttocks of a Jackson Teller. Which yes. brings us to our game that I thought might be fun for you. Okay. Is I'm going to uh, just name some of the characters and you're going to tell me what you think of them. Okay. And spur of the moment, did I warn you that I was going to do this? No, no warnings were had. No warnings whatsoever. So, uh, I'm just at the IMDB page. IMDB. As you do. Uh, Jackson, Jax, Teller. Yep. Love him. Why? Sexual. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Um, Bobby Munson. Mm, More like your uncle. Like my uncle, or just like like an, an uncle, an in general, uncle. like the the crazy out there uncle. Crazy out there uncle. Uh, I should mention at this point to you that I've given plenty of spoiler warnings uh, with regards to the show. Here's another one right now. Spoiler warning. Uh, how did you feel when he died? Very sad. That was probably the saddest death. Maybe the second saddest death after Unser. I feel like with Unser though, like you kind of knew it was coming. He was old, he, he had down. cancer. Yeah, that's, you know what, how many seasons was it? Seven. Seven no, seasons. six. Six or, seven, six or seven, seven seasons. And from episode one, he was complaining of his cancer that was going to kill him anytime. Anytime. And then it was So I think eventually, later. like, you knew he was yeah, going to kick the bucket. You were a little more prepared. But with Bobby, it was just like, ugh. Uh, okay, so uh, Gemma Teller Morrow, a.k.a. Katie Seagal. Love her. Love her. But you didn't like some of the things she did. I did not. You wanted her to pay for what she did, which we won't go into, save a little bit, uh, but not be killed. Correct. I just wanted her to, like, be, um... Caught. Like, isolated and, like, leave but the... But not killed. Leave the pack. Mm. Not necessarily killed, no. See, and I was happy when she was killed. If she was, I don't know. She Who knows? Was. Who knows? She was. Uh, Alex Tig Traeger. Uh, love him. Yeah, he he was good. He was like the comedic relief. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more. The most comedic relief was that Chucky guy who, yes, who furiously masturbated and yet only had uh, one finger on each hand. Figure, figure that one out. Well, that's why he didn't masturbate after that. That's why he probably did. He just used like honeydew melons. Yeah, honeydew. I mean, not that I know anything not about. Not that I know. We don't know about honeydews. Uh, Chibs. I like Chibs because uh, I really like some... Chibs. Is he Scottish? I can never figure that out. I think out. he's Scottish, and he was like I would say the second sexiest. Really? Yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised that you're saying that. Minus the belly. 
plus the belly. Like, it seemed like in a lot of the shots, he had, like, and he always had, like, a lot lot of, of well, he always had a lot of stuff in his pockets, too. Like, those pockets were always, like, packed. I liked him because uh, right before we started watching this, I watched Braveheart, and he's in that. And then I saw him in this, and I'm like, oh, Braveheart. Uh, juice? Juicy boy. Juicy boy. <laughs> That's what we would always say. When he's he okay, out. but kind of like a wuss. Like, I was kind of over him, but like by the end, like, you're done. You're uh, dead to me. Yeah, and then wuss. Uh, uh, Tara Knowles. Uh... <sighs> you know what I didn't mention in my talk of this Tara Knowles, and you know this, is that... Uh, when this show first started, I was trying to figure out if she was good looking or not, and then she cut her hair, and then I realized that no, she was not good looking. <laughs> mm, mm. I don't really have an opinion on her. Like I didn't love her, I didn't hate her. Like kind of in the middle. All right. Uh, Happy. Ooh, look at the picture. Huh? <laughs> Looks weird with hair. Yeah, he does. I enjoyed Happy. Yeah, he was another good sort of crazy comic reliefy guy yep. a little bit. Uh, Opie. Love Opie. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, world's worst actor. I don't agree. I'm going to say that. And greasiest hair. And I know that you, I, I know agree. you do agree with that. Greasiest hair ever. Like, throw some <laughs> shampoo in that. <laughs> Jimmy Smith, I think, is probably, if not the best, one of the best actors on this show. And uh, that's probably it that we should talk about. They're all just kind of littler, smaller roles. A what lot about, of roles. What about Clay? Oh, yeah. I was going to save him. Yeah, Clay. Who I met and got his autograph, I yeah. should mention. Should mention. What did you think of him? I didn't mind him. I feel kind of like him like I did about Tara. Like, uh, kind of like middle of the road, didn't love you, didn't hate you, you were just kind of there. Him I'm going to put also in the in the higher up as far as acting ability compared to a lot of these people who cannot act. Anyways, that's your opinion. So, uh, the missus, who I'm speaking to, said she's probably... Don't touch the microphone. Hello. Look at how loud it got. I know, I just wanted to see. And look at what you did here. People are going to yell at you now. No, they won't. Okay. Maybe I'll edit that out. But probably won't, because editing is work, and I don't like it. Uh, now I forgot what I was saying. Uh, yeah, he's one of the actual good actors. You already said that. Well, you cut me off. And I had a really good point there. Oh, yeah, uh, the missus, who I'm speaking to... Yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, is probably going to listen to this episode and hear all the not very nice things I said about the show. So, I probably uh, won't listen to it. <laughs> so I have that to look forward to. Uh, yeah, probably, uh, now that you've told me that, I don't. <laughs> I, I didn't say all not. I gave it a three out of five. No. What, do you, what do you give it out of five? Ten. So that, I guess, evens out my three out of five that I gave it. Any final words? Love it. Love it to a lesser degree. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book Banter. Today's book banter sponsor is the Beginner's Book to Best Buy Bureaucracy, Volume 1. Okay, so this is Part 2 of Big Red by none other than, well, me, Jordan Maywood. Uh, Part 1 in the previous podcast episode. Mm. Jacob's red hair stood on end. He realized at this point that he was in the same condition he was when he went to bed. 
nude. Jacob Brumfield fainted. Jacob's conscious mind fought with his unconscious mind to stay as unaware of the world around him as humanly possible. An epic battle happened in the space of a heartbeat. Within a brain beat, you might say. Although that's not a word, but maybe it should be. A battle that Tolkien could have filled a book with. Peter Jackson would need three movies. It was no use, though, and his eyes fluttered open. The view Jacob experienced once his vision had cleared was awesome. This was not the awesome of today's youth, where finding both Code Red Mountain Dew and Cool Ranch Doritos being on sale at the same time could be called awesome. This was the awesome of old. This was a feeling of a combination of amazement and fear brewing in his bosom. The sight before him filled him with awe. Jacob looked out through the glass window that had to be the size of a football field, perhaps even a Canadian football field. What he saw beyond the window was what appeared to be the view from Mount Everest. This was one of the very few views that a person could have that would make them not immediately realize that they were strapped to a table and dying of thirst. It was then that Jacob realized he was strapped to a table and felt like he was dying of thirst. At the foot of his angle-adjustable torture table sat Malcolm McCruthers. Jacob tried to utter the oh-so-predictable, what do you want with me, but his throat was so dry nothing came out of his mouth other than what could be categorized as tongue dandruff. I don't expect you to talk, Mr. Brumfield. I expect you to drink, said Officer McCruthers, who then pretended to pet an invisible cat perched on his lap. <laughs> Pretty good, right? In all seriousness, this is a very uh, serious matter. McCruthers leapt from his chair and began to pace about the room rapidly. As I mentioned some days ago, you are the chosen one from the, from the prophecy. Jacob once again made a pointless attempt at speech. McCruthers stopped his pacing for a moment to witness this, but quickly went on himself. What prophecy you were no doubt about to ask? Well, I will tell you what prophecy. The Red-Headed League, of which I am the Vice President, was formed by none other than Moses himself. The, Mo the Moses from the Bible, just to clarify. Anyway, the church has pushed down a lot of truths over the ages, one of them being that Moses was one of the most red-headed human beings to walk the earth. McCruthers was pacing and gesticulating wildly as he spoke. Jacob was fixated on him so much so that it was several moments before he realized that looking through the window, far below and into the distance, was what appeared to be the incoming tide. Jacob did not know much about tides, nor about the Himalayan mountains. However, he was fairly confident that there was no such thing as a Himalayan high tide. The sight of all this water seemingly headed in his direction made him lean forward in a subconscious gesture of extreme thirst. Ah, I see that you have noticed the fact that virtually the entire globe is now covered in water. They said I was mad when I built a marina halfway up Mount Everest. Mad! Mad, I say! Malcolm McCruthers, vice president of the Red-Headed League, then sat down and stared deeply into the eyes of Jacob Brumfield, and calmly, 
almost methodically continued his oration. Today's game, Gavin, sponsor is Winterhold Arrow to the Knee Orthopedic Surgery Clinic. Thank you to that. I, you know what, i uh, got a game, Gavin, game here for you, of which is called, um, let's try English this time, of which it is called, no, still, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to talk about Skyrim. Oh boy, there. that at least made sense. Uh, I can't remember if me playing Skyrim was long ago, long ago, <laughs> long ago, long ago enough uh, that it made an appearance on a, uh, what would it be, her video games day way back in the day. Um, regardless, we're going to talk about it again probably a couple of times because uh, I finally have a PC that is powerful enough to play Skyrim on ultra settings. Yes. So it is beautiful to behold. Uh, and I've only played through one and say a quarter times. And by that I mean this is something I quite often end up doing. And I don't think I'm alone uh, in this fact as far as super long <laughs> excuse me, uh, RPGs such as this where you start playing and you get some hours uh, possibly even many hours into the game and realize that the character you have created is not sort of fitting the play style uh, that you want it to. So you start over from the beginning. Uh, I do remember doing that when playing Skyrim, probably when playing Fallout. Fallouts uh, 3 and New Vegas, I played both through several times uh, with different characters. Skyrim only did maybe the the one full one and then one little one. So I decided it was time to dust it off again uh, and play through the entire thing. And my goal here is that sort of 100% uh, collect everything and anything. So uh, I'm going to go crazy with this game is my plan at this juncture. Uh, like I did with... Um, Fallout New Vegas, where I got in the game every single gun, every single hat that could be gotten, and just displayed them all lovingly in my home in-game. So that's my sort of plan here. Uh, now, on that note, uh, the possibility exists that uh, something else will come along to take my interest, and I won't do this. Uh, it's just a plan right now, and the thing about games is you don't have to take them too seriously. That's a little little secret. If you're playing a game and you decide you're going to get every hat in the game, and then after playing for six hours, you're like, eh, you know what, I don't really want to do this. I want to play this other game. Don't feel guilty about doing that. I, I still do, but I'm going to try not to. Uh, my thought is that the next sort of big game that's going to come out is Witcher 3, which is a little ways away, so I, I probably have time to do this. And uh, we'll bring things back and talk about them here during this Game Gabin section. Okay, that's my plan. In the sort of uh, interim of doing that, 
Uh, I also wanted to mention that because I'm playing on uh, the PC, it's given me the ability to use the Workshop, which uh, I had heard of and seen clips of online, but never actually been able to do myself. So that, that's kind of cool. What it is is basically... You uh, install the game on your computer as you normally do, you play it as you normally do, but then you go into this little workshop area within Steam and you can add things to the game. So for example, uh, I've added, let me just think of some off the top of my head, oh, uh, the ability to see books uh, that I haven't read, they glow blue. So that's just kind of a, a dumb little thing that I added to make, make it easier to find books I haven't read, because that's... One of the things of my plan of meticulousness, because I went to school to be a librarian, yes, let, let that sink in for a moment, uh, one of my plans is to try to get one of every single book that they have available in this game, bring it back to my house and throw it on a shelf to admire. Maybe even, hell, read. Uh, no, you know what? I did do. I did uh, download all of the books and can do that on my... Uh, I did download all the books in a PDF, which you can find online. Uh, and then if I ever decide I want to, which maybe I will, uh, I can read them all from my uh, Kobo e-reader. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Odd Albert's Concertina Parodies of Weird Al Songs. For example, uh, Meet It, Cat, Smells Like Blue Mana, and Mennonite Paradise. Odd Albert's Concertina Parodies of Weird Al Songs. Thank you for sponsoring this Internet Intercourse segment. Item the first, uh, Weird Al gets whiplashed. Uh, this, I do believe, was available on College Humor, which is a YouTube channel that I would recommend. Although, Jake and Amir is ending soon, and that was my main reason for watching it. I'll probably still stick around. They still put, up, put out uh, good things, but they're going to need to kick up their game, I think, in other areas. With things such as this. So, there you go. So far, so good. Uh, Weird Al occasionally does this thing, and he did it for the Nerdist quite a few times, where... He'll uh, interact with people who aren't there. And by that I mean, uh, how he used to do it on Nerdist was he would interview people uh, from movies, movie stars. Uh, and he would just use clips of them answering questions, but then ask them ridiculous questions and then play the clips. Here, it was as if he threw himself into the movie Whiplash with uh, J.K. Simmons. Which, I should say, the, miss, the Mrs. and I are probably going to watch this weekend, so that'll probably be on next episode's movie monologue. Uh, and I don't know if he does the writing for these things himself, but he does a free and amazing job of syncing up his ridiculous questions and actions to what the person in the quote-unquote scene is doing. Uh, to great comedic effects. So I recommend that you watch this. And any example of Weird Al uh, interacting, put that in quotes, with other people who are not actually there and he's just using their clips. Okay? Does that make any sense? Perhaps. 
Uh, moving on to a TED Talk. TED Talk title, TED Talk title. Oh, that brings me back, and I haven't done that in this post-episode 300. It feels good, and I was aware that it would. Uh, folks, in pre-episode 300s, I quite often bring uh, TED Talks back on internet days. Uh, I guess I haven't brought one back. Uh, I only sort of watch them when the title jumps out at me. The TED Talk title, the TED Talk title, the TED Talk title. It's fun to say. Say TED Talk title to yourself and you will have fun. That is a liberal guarantee. This TED Talk title is Brian Detmer, colon, Old Books Reborn as Intricate Art. Uh, very, very cool idea. I've seen bits and pieces of this before. I don't know if it was specifically Brian Detmer's art that I saw. Um, it's basically taking old books that probably would have ended up in the trash anyways. He, he's, he's not taking new books. He's taking old books. So that's a point four, I suppose, right there. And then he's, uh, I don't want to say destroying them, but he is cutting them up in such a way as to create very, very intricate, detailed, beautiful, and seemingly incredibly time-consuming to do art. Uh, I highly recommend you check out some of this art, perhaps this video in particular. Um, the, the other side of this coin, which again, as I mentioned already, being a, a library guy who went to school to be a librarian, who's not actually a librarian, uh, I do have that sort of feel within me that no matter why you are destroying a book, even if it is for beautiful art, you should not be doing so. That that part does exist in me. But, uh, and he, he pointed this out because I'm sure he got the feeling that people have this feeling. <laughs> he got the feeling that people have this feeling. Uh, so, he, he did mention that these are books that are sort of out, out of date textbooks or... Uh, uh, dictionaries, encyclopedias where a lot of the facts are not going to make sense, things that are going to end up in the trash anyways and never see the light of day. So he's taking these and turning them in, into something beautiful. So I, I can kind of logically think of that and realize that, yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing he's doing. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, so I brought back a Vsauce, Vsauce 2 specifically. I felt like I haven't brought a Vsauce back in a while. Uh, recommend Vsauce 1 through 3 on YouTube. This one was a mind blow. Number 92 specifically. Um, I'm going to run out of time. So I'll just say, uh, talked a little bit. Oh, see, there you go. He talked a little bit about how uh, you they're they have in development this it looked almost like a, a, a microchip a motherboard that you put on your tongue that will let you hear with your tongue so I guess it's somehow some way this chip or device is hearing and relaying signals onto your tongue that with time your brain can eventually learn how to interpret as sound so for deaf people obviously that's going to be a way for them to quote unquote hear so very very cool idea uh, he also spoke of an organic battery and an artificial leaf okay uh, i also have written down here um saved by the bell jimmy fallon reunion highly highly recommend that and uh, i guess that's it for now let's push this button 
to conclude our episode by saying, as I do, that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. (laughs) I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper